Welcome to Tough Love Podcast with me, Mairead Lockman, matchmaker, dating specialist and the founder of Love HQ Matchmaking. And me, Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist and relationship expert. This week on Tough Love Podcast, we are going to be talking about narcissists. Last week we covered coercive control and we had so much feedback from it that we decided to, you know, do a, a whole section itself on narcissistic behaviour. Yeah. So Stephanie, we released the episode on coercive control um, there last week and like yes. I got in so many messages on the back of it because I had asked on the on my Instagram and on the Tough Love Instagram, you know, had people ever experienced coercive control? Had they experienced narcissism? And I got in this message from a lady she said, I'm 19 months out of a 21 year relationship with both coercive control and narcissistic behavior. I suffered all forms of domestic abuse within the relationship and have a safety order in place since the day I left with my children. I became pregnant very early into the relationship and had three children together. I've just turned 41 years old and I've learned so much about abuse since I left. I didn't realize the extent of abuse to which I was suffering. Yes, mm. I knew the physical abuse was wrong, but I didn't understand the rest. I knew deep down something was not right, but I was unaware as to the depth of, depth of it. Best way to describe coerce control for me in my relationship is very early on, I learned what I could and couldn't do and say. I am now free of the constant walking on eggshells and can make my own decisions. My ex is still there in the background with his narcissism. Uh, threats one minute, love bombing the next, but I'm strong and so, but I'm strong and so educated now. I will never go back. Isn't that and, just a fantastic um, full circle of that kind yeah. of, you know, somebody's journey right through it. And she sounds so clear. She does sound so now clear. She's 19 months out. But what really, when you, you know, when you, when you sent that to me, I mean, I hear it back read again, you know, what, what really jumps out for me, first of all, well done you um, for coming out of that relationship 21 years with children as well, which makes it so much more complicated to leave. Mm -hmm. um, but what I love is the way she really illuminates for, for every other listener, how, how, the big warning sign for her was being told early on what you can and cannot do and what you can and cannot say. Mm -hmm. the, almost like here, suddenly she was in a rule bound situation. Yeah. And that's a big, fat red flag. And I, I think that's really good. And the other thing that really, really, really struck me about her was that the, when she says, um, my ex is still there. He's still the father of their children. And he is there in the background with his narcissism. She has mm -hmm. just left him with it and separated from it. And it's so to me, that's it's, it's a it's a lovely email, very uplifting for people, I think, to, to see how you can yeah. come through once you know the behaviours and separate it out. I think when I receive a message like this that I share with you, um, I think this is the whole reason why we do the podcast is 100%. people in this situation, because very often when you're in that situation, you maybe don't even have the means to reach out for mental health advice. You don't know you're in it. Part of the reason why we did the episode on course of control, we wanted to be talking about narcissism today. Um, the whole reason we're doing that is to help mm. people that are even at the early stage or even you know, starting out in a relationship. But as she said, it started very yes. early on. And yes. I always say, start as you mean to go on. So just even knowing and giving people the tools to be able to recognize what is not okay, what yes. is okay, all of those things. Um, I, I absolutely applaud this lady for um, being able to step away. Um, and we might talk about this further throughout this podcast. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and if I can just say it's, you know, you say like our motivation in doing this as well. It's really key, you know, in therapy, we learn this, that it's having the words to say it. So yes. in a way, I know the words are out there and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of labels out there. But but I suppose what this is allowing us to do is really um, come in a little more deep into the dating and the love situations. Mm-hmm. And I, I, what I one of the things that stood out for me also there with with that that woman is that she says she she understood that physical abuse was wrong, of course, and that's because it's apparent. But it's the subtlety of the coercive control that confounds people and gets them, and the whole cycle of it that um, confounds people and leaves people not sure if they're actually in an abusive situation or not. Yes, I think I totally agree with you. What I'd also say from this is that this lady's only forty-one now. She has been in a, like a relationship basically since she was twenty. And my fear here would that she would be afraid to dip her toe in the water to find love again at a later date. So I would say to her, really don't give up on actually finding real love at some stage, you know, actually finding your love story. Whenever that is, there is no good time for it, whether that's five years down the line or whether it's two years down the line. But remember that, you know, there is good people out there as well. Um, Because I, I often get people coming to me that might come to me now, like she's 41 leaving that relationship where she was, she's out of it now 19 months. But I've often get people come to me 10 years on from that because it's taken them that long to heal. So I would definitely say to her, maybe get therapy, go to someone like yourself mm-hmm. and um, work on herself because she could now just end up just looking after her children and forgetting mm-hmm. about herself. So I'd say it's very important. And thank you for sending in that message. Stephanie, one of the conversations you and I had after the podcast last week, um, and one thing that you definitely said you'd like to discuss was the narcissistic abuse cycle. What is that? Yeah, I think I think it's really helpful if you kind of think of it in terms of the beginning, middle and end um, and how the because there is an arc if you're in a relationship with a. Uh, with a narcissist, um, male or female, but, you know, as we said, the the narcissism as a partnership tends to be more on the male side. But the point about the cycle is that it has tends to have, there's a very specific narcissistic abuse cycle where phase one is, we see it like, like an arc, idealization to start, devaluation after that, discarding the relationship or you then, and then hovering. So where where the person sort of leaves it open to come back again. So if we if we take them sort of one at a time in the idealization bit, the first bit, people know straight away as soon as you mention the word, you know, there is you're put up on a pedestal. You're the most special. You're you're the most important person in the world. This whole what people know to be like love bombing which is, of course, intoxicating. And as you have often mentioned, you know, in in the podcast, these are times where people where people they feel maybe they're getting what they want. You know, finally, they've met this person who thinks the world of them and it's what they really hope for. So it's confusing and it's intoxicating. So you have to be careful of love bombing in that sense that it may indicate something that is, you know, too idealized, too, yeah. too much. I've often said that if somebody's idealizing you that quickly, do they do they really know who you are? Yes. What are they idealizing? It's coming from them. The need to have you up on a pedestal is more about them than you, in a sense. They want some, they want you for themselves. I have yeah. found that narcissists, um, you not only do they love bomb you, they say I love you very quickly. 
Yes. And what I've also noticed, if you don't say I love you back to them very quickly, they're scrambling. They're like, it's, it goes tenfold. It's like, yeah, uh, it's very intense, very quickly. And, and of course, we, you know, we know that's because behind it, they are, they are insecure. So mm-hmm. all of these strategies are to hide that hole and that emptiness that they have within themselves. And we all have something we carry. It's just this is the way the narcissist carries it. Okay. Car- they, they carry that by shielding it through elevating themselves and amplifying themselves and amplifying you. And everything is fabulous. But of course, it's not. Deep down, they know it's mm-hmm. not. So after the idealization, which people talk about so much in the beginning of dating and all of that, then there's this kind of devaluation phase where people where, where, where the nitpicking begins, where mm-hmm. the criticisms begin, yes. where, where suddenly um, th- there is a, a compliment is withheld. The compliment mm-hmm. that maybe came at the beginning. Um, oh, is it a bit tight on you or you know, which, of course, we all know women are hypersensitive to our physical selves and what what people uh, from from centuries of high focus. And so they know we know how to hurt our partners. We know how to yes. unsettle our partners. And and the narcissist also knows. So there's a devaluation of very quickly. They come out of this idealizing you to nitpicking. And yes. and that's very confusing for the person because they're wondering what's gone wrong or am I doing something wrong here? Yeah. What has changed here? But of course, what has changed is them. Can I also add there yeah. from dating a narcissist as well, what happens is the love bombing and then they withhold, you were saying there, the withhold of the, of compliment. the compliment. Yes. And actually that straight away just, just rang alarm bells in my mind because that what happens then is then the few compliments they do give you. Mm-hmm. You really like hang on them because so they're they say oh you're very good at that and next thing all of a sudden you're like okay amazing they think I'm really good on that and you focus on that one and then you think you must be really good at that thing so it's a real manipulative mind game thing and it's all very subtle you know it's not um it, it's all very very subtle that's right it's well it's subtle and it's happening you see it's not an overt row mm-hmm. it's not an overt showdown it's it's done in the subtlety of and and the intimate relationship where you're you know literally exposing yourself and exposing yourself emotionally and opening up at all levels to a partner it is intimate in every sense of the word and and nothing more intimate than sharing your emotions um, because you're bringing your past, your child, the little girl you are. It's all coming into play there. So that when someone when someone criticizes you or when someone withholds the love, it can be a ricochet effect back to other times. So there's there's a lot going on in that devaluing phase. <clears throat> so this is what you have to watch out for at the beginning. And then, of course, then, you know, usually the narcissist drops. They okay. drop the partner. They drop the date. Five yes. dates, 10 dates, 14 dates. They will be out of there so fast that you you may as well have been hit with the door. You won't know what happened to you. You won't know what went wrong. You won't understand it. The narcissist finds it quite easy to abruptly break up and step away and leave without an explanation. They're the perfect ghoster. Mm-hmm. Perfect, yes. of course. And um, they will, um, so they will both ghost and cheat quite easily because they can, they can discard the love because it's been amplified, then it's been devalued and then finally let it go. But what they also do then is 
while it's terribly confusing for for the person who has fallen for them in any way, they then have this very interesting little strategy of hovering. And I know we talked about it like submarining. There's another one you know, where they pop up again, but they, they are. Yes. They are I was just experts. about to say they always come back. Yes. Always because they can't find someone quick enough to massage their ego. Exactly. Very, very, very well interpreted. Um, that's exactly it. They, they, they need you for something. That's why they, they kind of, you know, they come back as you say, but also it's also controlled. They like to, to, it's a further confusion of you to come back and say, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I, I can't live without you. I, so they have this hot and cold, this idealized and discard, um, strategy sort of with the unconscious strategy in life and so you're at the butt end of it not you obviously Mairead but you uh, one is at the butt end of it terribly confusing terribly difficult (laughs) but the problem with the hovering is it confuses you further it it prods you into the uh, back to the idealization phase where you were the top of everything and where he thought you were amazing and all of that and that lovely feeling that goes with that so be very careful and remember the cycle. And I think having the words to notice these things is damn helpful. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, And I also think after dating a narcissist, I think you Mm -hmm. need to go to therapy. I really do. I think it's not just, okay, we'll move on to the next because I really do feel like they have done a certain kind of job on you is what the only way I can kind of describe it because they've damaged they really have yeah and Mm. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of like men and women listening to this today and think to themselves oh my goodness I didn't even realize I was in that situation Mm. um but no if you and I think the word narcissist is a lot more used now in social media so I'm delighted that we've kind of covered it today I think it's really important not to over abuse the word because people get a little bit lost. So he's not really a narcissist. That's a very derogatory term. And um, but I think what you have to understand is and I think it's really helpful to people to understand that it's an arc from zero to 100. If you think of it that way. And, you know, we are all somewhere at the beginning of that, you know, because narcissism really, you know, in, in its normal, normal sense, it's from normal to abnormal. Um, we all have narcissistic traits, you know, being able to focus on ourselves, being able to sort of self-love, be healthily selfish. I often talk about that. So we have to have a little bit of love for ourselves and ability to focus on ourselves. But what we're, we're at the beginning of the extreme where the narcissist is at the full end of the extreme, where they we can factor in other people, but they are actually always first. Yes. That's the that's in the difficulty. Life, yeah. They are always first. Just important, I think, to to mention that. No, I think that's really important. So, so like we're, we're talking a little bit about the, you know, the narcissist and maybe it's important just to highlight a few of the the behaviors that to look out for. Right. So the narcissist usually has an unreasonably high sense of their own self-importance and they and they need and ask for a lot of admiration. They they feel, you know, that they deserve kind of certain privileges and sort of to be a little above and beyond. They want to be admired. They will say whatever they need to say to be admired. Yes. Okay. they like to be recognized as superior. Even without the achievements. Absolutely. I would have felt right. that. Before. I think we yeah. all saw a lovely living proof of that in Trump. Yeah. They're they're inclined to be critical of and look down on people that they feel are not important. So they don't have this sort of benevolence towards other people. 
where we would all say, well, you know more than me on different things, Mairead. I know more than you. We have a kind of respect for each other. Yes. You know, we don't have to be the same. We respect each other. And But narcissists don't really. They are above and they, they want to be above, but they also feel they are above and they do look down on other people. So again, that's something to keep an eye for. There's like an arrogance. Yes, I definitely would have yes. experienced that at some stage. With an them. arrogance, exactly. Um, they they have a, uh, they don't have any big problem in in sort of using people. Yes, they yes. will uh, use people for their advantage. They don't see anything wrong with that. Um, they are envious of other people, and they believe others are envious of them. Yeah. And envy is a nasty feeling. It's a envy. Envy has a destroying factor in it. You know, they they resent it. They resent you for it. Uh, So you you often will find that in the relationship then that they don't want you to be bigger than, better than, above them. They're above and that's why they bring you down. Yeah. So does yeah. this not link us back to the coercive control? It does. Property? And there's like a Where lack of accountability see. and there, yes. you know, lack of empathy, sense and of And why they want you lower. That's it. It does. And so would we say that um, narcissists can very often lead to coercive control? Well, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Oh, absolutely. They are they are more inclined. To, they are the type, personality type that that tends to, that. to really exert, yeah, coercive control in the relationship. Yeah, or okay. be violent, you know, be, be aggressive in that way. I actually, do you know what? I, in hindsight, looking back on it, like it was great to have experienced it from the point of view or perspective of what I do for a living. But at the time, I will be very honest and I laugh about it now, it was extremely difficult and it was extremely difficult to get out of the relationship because... He had been promised me all of my, he'd promised me all of my dreams. I know. And on such a high level, you know, and um, was very controlling from that perspective. So, you know, like what I would say, and that's the thing I really, and that's probably why I'm sharing it today as well, is like, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. Like there was definitely a lack of empathy, whereas I'm a very empathetic person. So like, realistically, we were the ideal, I would have been the ideal target for a narcissist. And, you know, like, I enjoyed being promised all of these lovely things. What lady wouldn't be is what I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. But realistically now, when you actually look at it, and it made me kind of reset what it really, like I did a lot of work on myself afterwards, went to therapy, everything. But I also thought to myself, what does the relationship that I genuinely want look like? And I think for anybody that is maybe, you know, dealing with a narcissist, I think it's no harm for them to ideally look at at what um, what they really want. Or anybody that's single mm. at the moment that has ever been in a relationship that didn't didn't serve them. To think, okay, what does a healthy relationship look like for me? What's okay? And it's no harm to kind of press the reset now while you have the clarity of mind. Because believe me, when all these like love hormones are banging around you and you've been promised yeah. this, that and the other and a Ferrari um, under the Christmas mm. tree, you know, you are, um, it, they are kind of things that you you. You, kind of you want, to, but I think yeah. what you're saying as well is we're vulnerable. We are. Uh, when you when you go into trying to find love, you are you are opening yourself up, and yes. um, and you need. That's why you need to know yourself and know your vulnerabilities. Today, I think we've talked a lot about the when you encounter the narcissist, when you encounter the coercive control, but you also have to encounter you know, the behaviours in yourself that could facilitate it. It's not that it's not that it's your fault in any way, but I'm just saying these are the way you protect yourself. I often say to people, show yourself at the earliest point. 
That's your best shot in relationships, in my view. But remember, for everybody, that's not so easy. Some, I meet a lot of women and men who find it difficult to be assertive in that relationship. Yeah. So you can see that if you were not, if you were critical of somebody early, mm-hmm. you might you might flush out that narcissist very early in that yes. relationship. You know, yeah. I don't believe you when you say you're you've you know you got a first class honours when I know you never went to such and such. Yeah, you I know, know yeah. I, I don't I don't believe you when you say that. You will poke the bear and you will find out what you're dealing with at the very, very outset. Quickly. Very quickly, yeah. Go straight yeah. to it is my view. Be open, be honest, be you. Sorry, I don't go out with people who exaggerate. So Marie, you must meet so many young women trying to break out of situations like this or have just been in them. How do you think is it really, what do you think is a good way to break up with a narcissist? I think it's really important to have a plan when you're breaking up with a narcissist. Um, it's not as simple as saying, look, we don't have enough chemistry and walking away because they do take it so personally. They are mortally wounded by it. So it's important to realise that it's not just as kind of quick cut. Now, anybody that does my masterclass, I always say to them, it's very important when you are breaking up with someone or if you spot red flags, I actually find on the notes on my phone is a good place. Now, maybe... Just be careful they don't have access to your phone if it is a course of control situation because mm-hmm. you know yourself to make always be safe. But, but have a plan. Um, but have a plan and and take a note of all the red flags. Because in three or four weeks' time, when you're feeling lonely and they're back love bombing you and trying to manipulate you again, it's very easy to forget the things and the big red flags and the things that were said and everything. So I think if you are breaking up with someone, regardless actually of whether they're a narcissist or not, you should have a list of red flags or reasons why you want to break up with them for a bit of clarity. Um, So make a plan. Um, From there then I say be very clear and direct. So also have planned what it is you're going to say to them. So you have to remember if you're dealing with a narcissist and you're breaking up with them, again, their ego is very intense. They take everything to heart. They take everything very personally. And what's more, they're very bad at accountability. So there's no point really in giving them the the exact real reasons because all they're going to do is talk around the houses and try and manipulate you back. So really just keep it brief, short and sweet. Mm. Um, I would also break up with them somewhere public as in like, go to a hotel for coffee or something not at home. I think the plan should be get in and get out maximum 10 minutes. It doesn't need to be talked about. Think it has to be in person? I don't always think for your own safety, if you don't think it should be in person, I don't think I it should be I suppose it depends on the how long you're together. Not necessarily. If it's your if it's your safety, Stephanie, I don't care oh, yes. how long it's been. If it's six if years. If safety's a yeah, factor, of course. That's yeah. it. Absolutely. But I'm just thinking, you know, for daters, for people, you know, who maybe just find themselves 10 dates in, 12 dates yes. in. Or... I don't I don't think they need to do it in person. You don't I need think to meet. That's... Dating is two people just getting to know each other. It's still part of the process of getting to know each other. And if you've already Correct. spotted these red flags 10 dates in, yeah. get in and get out fast is what yeah. I would say you know I think it's interesting um, though the way you say meet somewhere public you know because you, yeah. you're you kind of aware and what you're what you're saying is you know you're there's a kind of a not a not a complete fear factor but a knowledge that this person can be volatile yeah. this person can kick back um when you wound them they can hit out emotionally and verbally not yes, necessarily the unknown. You know, it's not always physically it is the unknown. Absolutely. So also as well for that is I think it should take longer, no, no longer than 10 minutes. Like they mm-hmm. get the message, you're breaking up with them. Be very clear in what you're saying. Yes. Stay calm and stay firm. 
narcissists may try and manipulate or guilt trip you into changing your mind because it probably is coming as a shock to them because in order to play the game like that uh, lady said in her message earlier she knew very quickly what she could and couldn't say and could and couldn't do yes. so you've probably been kind of the good girl or the good boy playing along with Indeed. this game a little bit for your own safety as well uh, I think setting boundaries is very mm-hmm. important as to after the breakup. So even saying to them, look, I don't want to hear from you for the next day or two. Uh, when I broke up with my ex-narcissist, um, I went out for dinner with my friend that night and I had to get, I had to first of all take off my Apple Watch because I thought my arm was going to go on fire. It was buzzing that much. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I think I had something like 87 missed calls, messages. It, yeah. it They don't take it well at all. Yes. Um, maybe seek the support of a friend or a therapist, someone like yourself that's mm-hmm. going to do it, uh, that's going to support you throughout it as well. And one of the things you said there is the dramatic yeah. kind of uh, way it happens. So I would say very often when they then realize that you're breaking up with them, the chances are they'll then block you on all platforms. So it'd be like they've disappeared off the face of the earth. That's actually a good thing. I know you think, and that's very hard to yeah. take, even if you are the person breaking up with them, because let's face it, you wouldn't be with them unless you liked them. Um, if they start blocking you on all platforms, you probably will get a bit of a fright. Relax. You shouldn't be contacting them for a few days after you break up with them anyway. But as you said as well, and as we were discussed, they always, not so sometimes, they always come back because they... They really need the validation from you. They really, there's no one else that like buys into their, excuse my French, bullshit as much Mm -hmm. as themselves or as possibly you have listened to. And I mean that in the kindest possible way. So I think it's really, so making the list, going somewhere public, being concise, being firm, realizing that it will be very dramatic. They will probably give you some level of abuse, all your, you know, put stuff back on you. Like, Mm -hmm. I really think you need to be like Teflon. Just be like, whatever yep. happens in the next couple of hours is just... I think what you're... What don't you're take saying anything there, to heart, anything like that. Yeah, you're, you're really saying prepare. And really, I suppose from my side, I would be saying psychologically anticipate that they are going to be wounded. Mm-hmm. Anticipate that they may kick back in some respect. And just remember that's that's part of their psychology. It's not so much to do with you. Separate yeah. that a little bit. And as you say, write it down. Very good. Um, all of those things, I would agree. And distract yourself. People people do a lot of going back. And this is a very seductive going back. It's not easy to keep away. But, you know, there'll be lots of seducing you back. They'll give you enough time to cool down and then they'll come back. Love bombing so, again. You need to be careful of that. And because it'll come, as you say, they'll come back when you're a bit lonely again, you know. So... Careful, careful as you tread. I think they nearly come back love bombing just to break up with you again. It's like a play of the ego. Maybe for, very yes, often. for them to yeah. be in control this time and drop it does. Yeah, They're not used to being important. dropped. Uh, I think anybody that's listened to this, that you might think you're in a relationship with a narcissist or you feel like you're in a course of control relationship or anything like that. I do want to say something and I don't say it lightly. This person is not going to change. So if you you know, if you're thinking about, should I stay with them? Should I not stay with them? It is very uncomfortable to break up with that sort of person. But I really want you to think, what would my life be like in about five years time? It's going to be the same. So, you know, just, it might just be something to think about. Um, But it's very rare that someone like this is going to change. 
Yeah, I think you're right that there's there's personality traits there. but And as I say, they're on that arc. I'm in a different phase to you. I always think that uh, change is possible, okay. um, but people have to really, really want to change. And the problem is for that the narcissist is very resistant to change and to insight. Um, it doesn't mean that none of them change, but certainly the pattern is they don't. And the pattern is also it's destructive. So people uh, withdraw, uh, gradually withdraw over time. So that's where we are. We really hope that that helps. We were discussing, Stephanie, if anybody, um, you know, just think they're in a relationship with a narcissist. Like, I don't know, do people know on our podcast, on our website, uh, toughlove.ie, myself and Stephanie actually do sessions together. So if anybody wants to book a session together, absolutely. But, you know, if you want to send us in your queries, each week we will be giving away uh, a free session with myself and Stephanie. So just contact us at toughlove.ie. Thank you. Thank you.